Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. It is Sportsaholic. This is week eight. I'm here. Nick's here, our NFL expert. Um, I don't know if we can, either of us can be NFL experts after last week's just poor showing. I went four and nine. Nick, you went four or five and eight. Yep. Um, however, we did, we had some, we had some good, well, you had some good picks. I also had a good pick. And we both had the Broncos to uh, to win outright, and yeah. they did. Even though I think that well, they were plus one, I believe, last week. But we had them to win outright. They did. And you also had the upset of the week called. You had the Vikings over the Niners, which, despite the injuries, we both thought. I even said went as far to say that it was like kicking a uh, bee's nest full of hor- or hornet's nest full of beehives that's full of beehives and to be honest <laughs> yeah. that, that still might be right like we don't know the niners could turn around and, and win another 10 games in a row we we know that could happen um but i will say one thing to point out about that game in particular uh that's interesting is we should watch out for the san francisco defense and how they play tight ends because all minnesota did outside of the just outstanding individual performance from jordan addison they pumped TJ Hawkinson for like the first time this year. And statistically that San Fran defense actually has not done well against tight ends. So Minnesota just went straight to the stats game plan and it worked out great. Uh, but I, I just had them covering. I didn't know that they were going to win outright. So that was a, a, a happy coincidence there. But yeah, I think last week was just a tricky slate of games. Washington totally fell apart. The Tampa Bay Atlanta game was always going to be a, a toss up. And then Buffalo completely collapsing the Patriots putting themselves back on the map was unexpected. So we'll just look for a bounce back as we have a full slate of games this week that we're, we're excited about. So let's do it. Let's get into the slate. We start off on Thursday night, the Buffalo Bills coming off of a shocking loss against those same New England Patriots favored by eight and a half against the Baker Mayfield led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How are you feeling about this? To be honest, I, it's it's a little bit of one of those situations where I feel like Vegas is pricing this game or setting a line for this game as though it's a Sunday 1 o'clock game in Buffalo that they they bump somebody out 41-14, right? That's why you're looking at 8.5. Obviously, uh, the Baker-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not had really a, a good offense to show for in really much of the month of October. However, I, I don't I don't like this idea of having these big spreads on Thursday night. I think you saw something similar in the Kansas City Denver game, and I know that's a division game, but Denver really did nothing offensively, and that game was in Kansas City, and we still wound up with an uh, with a sixteen to eight score, which is one possession. I, I even for home teams and good teams that are looking for bounce backs and and trying to get right, I just don't see large spreads happening on Thursday night. Um, I think we were wise to call out that Jacksonville was just a better team last Thursday in New Orleans. Uh, but I'm going to say this game actually stays kind of close. I think Baker and the Buccaneers sort of have to show some life. And I think defensively, that Buccaneers defense and what Todd Bowles is pretty good at doing is just game planning according to opposing team strengths. And I think that if he can follow a little bit of a script of what Bill Belichick was able to do and confusing some looks, starting guys up front, dropping back into coverage, getting f- confusing start man, turn into zone looks in the second level for Josh Allen – that they'll just be able to hang in this game. Um, and Buffalo is typically good at taking care of business in prime time at home. So I am wary of that. I'm just not thrilled with the eight and a half mark. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay with the points here. I agree with you 100%. Just too big of a line for Thursday night, in my opinion, even though the Chiefs did cover, uh, what was that? Not last Thursday night, two Thursday nights ago, they did cover a big spread, but the bills aren't the Chiefs. 
Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes. We've seen that Josh Allen can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He can also look like he doesn't belong on an NFL field. Um, and I trust this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense more than anything on that team. If there was a unit of any unit between these two teams that I trust the most, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And also the Buffalo Bills lost, I believe lost Ed Oliver in the last game. They've lost what it seems like two or at least two defensive yeah. linemen. So they're going to be kind of down. They're injured on the defensive front. Tristan Wirfs is arguably the best left tackle in the league, depending on how you feel about Trent Williams' age. Um, he's definitely top two. And I think Baker's going to have some time to cook back there. Mike Evans has had like back-to-back not great weeks. Um, I expect him to kind of ball out here on Thursday night and the Bucs to keep it close. If not, maybe slip out a win. But I'm going to take the Bucs plus eight and a half. I think that's a pretty easy pick with that line. The, the one other thing to look out for here, especially let's say if if Tampa Bay does wind up pulling this game because Baker's able to execute in the second level, you mentioned those injuries on the Buffalo defense. Two notable injuries that are getting talked about, but I mean not as frequently as they probably should, and they'll be a pressing concern down the line. The loss of Matt Milano and the loss of Tredavious mm-hmm. White and are opening things up, I think, for even guys like Mac Jones in the second level of that defense, especially in the red zone, right? Like you yeah. saw that it, it seems tough for this Bills defense to really compress the way that they should compress without those two guys. Uh, and and over the course of the, the middle of the field, too, we'll see whether guys like Baker, who like those second-level throws, can execute. So something to watch out for in the Bills, uh, Bills lines coming up. Yeah, if Mac Jones can move the ball up and down the field on you, it seems like that that's exactly what he was doing in the our last weekend's game. Uh, that's that's troublesome. And then yeah. also that Patriots offensive line is not good at all. And they were struggling to get pressure on someone who moves around like he has both feet and cinder blocks in Mac Jones. So yeah. that's – Baker, we've seen Baker. He has some legs on him. That boy will run. He will run if needed. Yeah. And – he has a good offensive line, at least a good playing offensive line. So I this this is a game to watch out for on Thursday night. Uh, moving on, we have the Los Angeles Rams favored by six and a half at the Dallas Cowboys. How are you feeling about this one, Nick? Well, so I think you may have uh, misspoken there. The the Cowboys are favored by six and a half, right? Ooh, this is, that's, okay, I have that that ESPN. Put me wrong there. Uh, it says Rams minus six and a half. So that doesn't change my pick per se. But okay, yeah, I think the line is Cowboys minus six uh, and a half. I would be surprised if the Rams. Let me were let me double check that here. Yeah, I would be. I, I let me double check that here. Happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really confused when I saw that line. No, yeah, I, I think was the super confused when I Cowboys are favored by six and a half. Thank you, ESPN, for making me sound like an absolute bozo. But, um, okay, so Cowboys minus six and a half at home against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. How are you feeling about this? I'm going to take the Cowboys in the points. I think that you're actually starting to see a little bit of a rhythm with the Cowboys offense. And to be fair, it's not substantial. Like most of the impact plays you saw against the Chargers were really just broken plays that Dak Prescott made on, on the outside of the pocket, right, or just like big plays, like a, like a broken tackle from 
uh, Tony Pollard in the secondary, right? A big go up and get it play from Brandon Cooks, a lot of third down conversions. It was a tight, tight game, but coming off the bye week, especially against a Rams team that again has a very young and vulnerable secondary, and you're not seeing the best Matthew Stafford right now. Um, I think you're looking at a game that's probably similar to what we saw in the Cowboys Rams matchup last year, where Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys went into LA and actually were just able to not only win, but win, I think, by 10 points, despite not even having a 100-yard passer. They didn't have a 100-yard passer, uh, thereby, of course, no 100-yard receiver and no 100-yard rusher in that game. And it was just a defensive dominant game. Now you bring that to Dallas. You've got Dak Prescott, obviously, back in the lineup. And it looks like they're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with how to get guys like CeeDee Lamb the ball early and often, get Brandon Cooks involved, especially in the red zone. Thank God. I mean, finally throwing Brandon Cooks the football. I waited seven weeks for that. Uh, but I, I just think you're starting to see some things click a little bit. And Dak also looks a little bit freer. It's not like he's taking those two-step drops and just throwing where somebody told him to throw without actually looking at the field. Um, so I, I, I'm confident in the way that offense is evolving. I expect Micah Parsons to to get after the quarterback a little bit here. And, and Matt Stafford under pressure this year has been dismal, really. Um, so I think that you're, you're looking at a chance for the Cowboys to get ahead at home. And, and in their last roughly season and a half of home home games, the Cowboys have been fairly dominant. So I'm going to take the Cowboys and the points. Are you at all worried about Mike McCarthy over-establishing the run this week? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not worried about him just running, just continuing to run the ball for two yards? Well, from, from a fantasy football perspective, if you're a Tony Pollard owner, I think you're hoping he just continues to try to. But yeah. the, the best part about it would be if you actually use Tony Pollard for what he's good at and in the passing game, right, and then you open things up. Like, that That seems right to me. Uh, yeah. So I think they're learning, they're adjusting. They're only seven games into that offense. McCarthy's figuring out. And I think Brian Schottenheimer is also putting a little bit of a voice to things. I think that play call that we saw last week where Dak Prescott, it was, it was the quarterback option that wound up turning into a touchdown on fourth and one. I think that sort of like a little bit of a, a bird on the shoulder that decided to make this a quarterback option instead of keeping Dak out of the play. That's that's a little bit of Brian Schottenheimer being the younger guy voice saying, let's use our, our big quarterback's legs to get him really get his head into the game. And, and it worked like a charm. So uh, I think that there's there's a little bit more cohesion going on in that offense. And I think you'll see more of it. I agree with you. I'm taking the Rams, or not the Rams, the uh, Cowboys minus six and a half here. Um, I, For all the reasons we just spoke about, I think the Cowboys, the, every week at least, they seem to look better offensively, or at least Dak looks more comfortable. Yep. And I, I'm expecting the game script to go a bit different. I'm expecting points on both sides. Um, I think that after having a poor – week last year or last week uh cooper cup's gonna have himself a nice day uh puka's gonna have himself a nice day running free in that secondary but i think that the cowboys offense i think we're gonna see some uh, like a vintage brandon cooks game where he's just getting free all over the field so and i'm hoping that cd kind of gets cooking as well um he's not seeing the same sort same sort of uh, volume that he was seeing last year with that kellen moore offense but We'll see. I'm hoping just for some points in this game because we for sure need it in terms of yeah. in terms of just the slates that we've seen. And I'm happy this is a one o'clock game. This is a rare yes. one o'clock spot for two teams that aren't on the East Coast and that should be exciting to watch. Um, of course, the last time I think the Cowboys had a viable red zone spot was that Arizona game, and that was mm -hmm. a disaster. So 
who knows? Uh, but but I think that you're right. We'll probably see some activity. I, I it's a good point that Cooper Cup and Pukua might keep up a little bit better flow. But I, I, I bet Dan Quinn's going to look at the tape last week on what the Pittsburgh Steelers did and yeah. try to create some things. So it'll be an interesting interesting start to this game that'll dictate the pace. But I don't know. It should be exciting. So we have the Vikings at the Packers. This is in Green Bay. It's an NFC North matchup here. Uh, the Packers offense, after starting off hot, has looked abysmal. Um, yeah. Aaron Jones can't seem to get going. I feel like I can be vindicated a bit more about my Jordan Love takes, where yes. I said that he was going to start the season off really strong and it was going to kind of come crashing down to earth. Um, he's not playing too poorly, but he's not playing good at all. He can't complete passes down the field. All that being said, how do you feel about this one, Nick? I, I, I agree with you on all your points about Green Bay, and I think they're st- sort of becoming a team that, um, you know, it's one of those like teams at home or away is going to have close lines, and you probably want to stay away from them altogether. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to pick this game, you, you you probably go with the road team here in Minnesota. I think they're riding high. I know they won't be playing Creed coming out of the locker room because this game is in Green Bay, but you never know. Maybe somebody brings a speaker on the bus, right? Uh, and I, I just – I love the way Kirk Cousins played on Monday night. I think that was that was very smart by Kevin O'Connell to know that his team's back's against the wall without their number one player in Justin Jefferson and say, what what are my strengths versus your weaknesses? And, and – really leverage TJ Hawkinson. I think that this Green Bay defense doesn't really have a lot of, of like hit makers, right? I think that defensive line's got some studs. I know Luke Van Ness, mm-hmm. one of my picks uh, for, for late season awards, is, is, is having a good season and he's playing well, but they're just not a, a, a unit that anybody's afraid of. And as you mentioned, I think if, if you start to swing possessions with points and get ahead early the way Minnesota did on Monday, you don't really have faith in Jordan Love to string a couple quarters together. Um, but I know it's a division game. I bet it's tight. I think that's why the spread is tight. I just think Minnesota wins outright. And I do think despite the record in the early start, they are the better team and they're going to start to figure things out. And I was really impressed with what Kevin O'Connell did to game plan against the Niners. I expect that momentum to continue. Um, and Kirk Cousins now has the most passing or games with passing yards over 350 yards since the beginning of, of 2022. I actually would say he probably comes close to that again on uh, on sunday considering alexander madison apparently doesn't like playing football too much but um camp k makers has been a good addition to that team as well so i like what the vikings are doing as far as a trend is considering and the opposite for what green bay is doing trend wise so that's my pick there looking at this game and i'm going to take the vikings here uh just some quick vikings talk it's kind of weird last year such a strong record but if you ignore the turnovers this year, if you ignore just like the flat out, like f- the what I think they were like fumbling the ball three times a game to start the year. It, it was ridiculously, it was just a ridiculous turnover issue to start the year. They seem to be playing more confident. And also, I love Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. Yes, he is an point. absolute psychopath. The guy, I think, not la- not last week, but the week before, blitzed on like 70% of possession or 70% of snaps. The yeah. guy is in an evil genius just sending pressure and he's from that Belichick defensive coaching line and Jordan Love did get some run last year but I'd like to treat him essentially with the mind of a rookie quarterback in this respect that he's going to get some looks that he has not seen he's going to feel pressure and Brian Flores is going to bring I bet it's not a a very talented 
Minnesota Vikings defense. They have yeah. some playmakers, but I wouldn't say it's a very talented unit. He's going to send people at Jordan Love, and he's going to make him make decisions fast, and I think that's going to help the Vikings take this game. Um, but it's weird to talk about a team that started so poorly this year and had such a great record last year to talk about them playing more competently this year because they just yeah. – the product looks better on both sides of the ball. I have to agree. I think that last year it was – I mean, let's remember, right, they they actually finished with the worst point differential yeah. for any team in NFL history to have at least 12 wins, which is obviously like you could say that's a nuanced, nitpicky stat, but it was, it was pretty significant in their losses. Yeah. The average point margin for their losses was like many dozens. Let's put it that way. And then their average their, their average point total per win was I think less than four. Yeah. Right. So it was. It wasn't like they were stringing a bunch of quarters together at any point. They were just able to come through when they needed to, and that was very fun and exciting. I think this year you haven't seen a ton of quarters strung together, but you've seen more of those high impact mistakes, like you said. But outside of those, it actually just feels like the, the, there is more competency in the way the game script is meant to be, despite some of the injuries, despite the difficulty in some of their opponents. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you, and I think Minnesota takes this as well. Well, we were just talking about a competent team in the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk about two incompetent teams in the Atlanta Falcons, who are favored by two, at the Tennessee Titans, who I believe, if not starting Will Levitt's, Will Levitz is going to play some of this game. I was listening to uh, another podcast earlier talking about um, just like just general NFL news. And um, I believe that Malik Willis will start the game, but Will Levitz will get some snaps. So that's, that's, if you don't have two, if you don't have one quarterback, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's the same. I don't think the Titans have any quarterbacks at all. Yeah, including Brian Tannehill. That being said, it is the Falcons on the road. Um, I believe that Bijan Robinson will play despite his tummy ache that held him out last week. Thank you for my fantasy loss. Um, <laughs> but that all that being said, I'm going to take the Falcons minus two. How are you feeling about this? I'm I'm hesitant to do this because I mean, with the quarterback news, like I I made the pick before the full understanding of the quarterback news. Um, as well as B. John Robinson's health. And I originally was going to take Tennessee as the home team, but I am going to switch. And I, I never want to switch in favor of, of this Desmond Ritter team. I really don't, uh, but I'm going to do it. And and I, last week, at least you saw that despite the best efforts of Desmond Ritter to lose a football game, I mean, like, listen, the, the, the play that summarized Desmond Ritter to me in that game was when he was about to get in for his second rushing touchdown of the day. It would have been really like a comprehensive great day for Desmond Ritter. And he fumbles the ball out of bounds, turns into a touchback. I, it, it just felt like the most Desmond Ritter in 2023 thing we've seen. And they still won the game on the road. And I, I, I go into this game thinking you're not going to get that like sort of leniency against what should be a stringent, tough Tennessee defense. But like you said, if you're playing two quarterbacks, you're playing no quarterbacks. Uh, I, I got to flip it. I got to give Desmond Ritter and the Falcons the, the go here. And the one thing I'll give credit to is at least from an offensive competency perspective, they did get Kyle Pitts involved. Like mm-hmm. now time. I mean, I know it was national tight ends day, so I hope it wasn't just Desmond Ritter celebrating a holiday. 
keep getting him the ball. And if Bijan's there, get him the football. Drake London, get him going too. It seems like they actually have a team that can win these tough games on the road with some competent quarterback play that we know we're not guaranteed to get. But I, I, I'm going to take the Falcons with you here. I really do love the Falcons' defense going up against two quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm nervous about this flip, but I'm going to, I'm going to side with you here because the last thing I need to do is, is just for the sake of pride, stick with the Tennessee Titans playing nobody at quarterback. Uh, so, so I'm going to go with you. Okay. Uh, one thing I am worried about is, well, not even for this game, I'm just worried in general. It seems like Derrick Henry is starting to lose out. Well, he is losing out on snaps. Um, he's not getting the same, just dominance in snap share. Um, we're seeing a lot more of um, – uh, I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now, the backup for the Titans. I'm having a complete mind blank yeah. here. But uh, if he's starting to slow down, it it might be time to to call it for the Titans. Um, I know you went out and signed D-Hop. That defense is only getting older. Um, they just did – actually, they did. They sold off their safety to the Eagles. Yep. Um, so – it, we could potentially just be seeing the start of a rebuild here. And maybe Will Levitz has a good game. Maybe Malik Willis has a good game. I like I like Malik Willis coming out of college. But all that being said, I am going to take the Falcons. I'm not happy about taking Desmond Ritter-led team at all, just in general. But you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So moving on here, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by one here. It is in Indianapolis. Um, Minshew got robbed last week. We saw yeah. some Minshew mania going. And um, how are you feeling about this game? Listen, as I mean, he did get robbed, but he also he, he got hit too, right? Like those that's a that's a tough defense he went up against. Yeah. Miles Garrett had such impact on that game and the turnovers that I know Dodgers gonna want back. But he played a great game against what we probably should be considering the best defense in the NFL by far. And that was in their barn. He, he showed up well. They made some high impact plays. They really stuck in that game despite moments where you thought it could really get away from them. Um, and I just think from that perspective, even if Gardner and that offense are able to be remotely competent, right? You're talking about an advantage in terms of X and O's over the New Orleans Saints, who I know they started to string things together and and the the game wound up ending and and really just like a, a sad tragedy in the, in the drop by Foster Moreau. The way that I mean, like that, but the first three quarters of that game were just so gut-wrenching to see how frustrated and out of sync that offense was and they yeah they got something going and and it was exciting to see them maybe click so maybe you'll see a little bit more congruency and consistency and, and some continuity of, of things that work uh for new orleans but i don't think it's enough against that indie team if gardner mint is able to to keep moving the ball and if he was able to move the ball at home against uh, a, a very good cleveland defense i think he can probably do something similar now that Jonathan Taylor is getting touches in that backfield too uh, against this New Orleans Saints defense. So I'm going to take Indy here. This could be one of those weird interconference games that's a toss-up. It might look very similar to the Browns game we just saw, but maybe a little less scoring. Uh, but listen, that, that Indy game where they lose by one. So I think that it, it, it's righteous for them to be on the flip side of, of a similarly close game. Um, and there, there will be questions coming into New Orleans this week, I think, if, if they drop this game, which, which I expect them to do. So I'm going to take Indy. I'm going to take Indy as well. Um, one thing, just going back on that Browns game, my Miles Garrett defensive player of the year bet 
looks or just not bad, but my prediction looks really good. That man is well, hey, I, I will terrifying. Say, none of us, none of us picked him. Uh, I mean, who I'm about to say, but TJ Watt too. I mean, like mm-hmm. Mike is never out of the race, but it, it is pretty crazy to have two guys that just are dominating at such a level that like people aren't even talking about how Micah Parsons has had a great season too, but like TJ Watt with the way he dropped back into coverage, had that interception last week. And then miles Garrett defense, special teams, offense, maybe just give him something, give him everything. Like just, uh, it, it's incredible. Also uh, might be the most insane thing. I've So him jumping over the line, you're not, you can't do that if you touch another player and you also can't get a running start. So that means he just, from two feet, hopped over the offensive line on or the special the field goal blocking unit. That's terrifying. That yeah. man is just an absolute animal. I think he accounted directly for 17 points for the Browns last week. That might be the most impactful game I've ever seen a defensive player have on yeah. it. Like the most impact I've ever seen one single defensive player have on a game that doesn't involve like a cornerback who also plays special teams like Dion, but does that it, j- enough with the miles Garrett talk. I'll well, talk all day. about well, miles Garrett. One, one last thing. I mean, let's just, let's think about this from a historical perspective. Not only is he, is he on pace. I mean, you know, I hope he stays healthy and everything and has a nice rest of his career. He's not only on pace. I think to be one of the best defensive players ever, but let's call it what it is. He could probably go down as potentially the best number one overall pick yeah. ever. I mean, yeah. that's, if you talk about the best of the best and, and Brown's hitting a home run and draft picks in a, in an era where they really just couldn't do anything in a, in a draft. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the, his career pans out, but really incredible stuff. I agree. Um, that being said, I'm taking the Colts here. I'm riding with Min- Minshew. <laughs> I, it is a big, I am big shoe. I am Minshew number one fan here. Also let's not forget offensive mastermind for the Colts. Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, not even giving anything to Shane Steichen, just, just Nope. It is, it is all Jim Bob Cooter, offensive mastermind. Also, we were talking about ballers before the show. He is on ballers, Jim Bob Cooter. So you can okay, see some of the okay. Cooter man on, on ballers. Okay. Um, right. That being said, yeah, we're taking, we're taking the Colts here um, for no other reason other than the – Minshew and Jim Bob Cooter. That's a match made in heaven right there. Those are just some those are some football men right there. Listen, I want um, Minshew, you know, I hope that he has a good rest of the year with the Colts and can find a home somewhere because I think we're transitioning the era. I think we had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think we need Minshew magic yeah. for 15 years. We need it. We need somebody who's in the middle tier of teams to just be able to have some exciting moments. I think that's that's crucial for the league. Yeah, and this time he won't be a nerd. Like yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick, very cool playing career. Also has had a phenomenal turn post football. Um, kind of just leaned in to the Fitz magic thing. Coming into the league, he wasn't like that. He was a Harvard grad. That man's that man's smart. Um, no it's, offense to Gardner Minshew, but I've met Gardner Minshew. He is not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is a man's man. He's a football player. Well, you could argue they're they're smart in the same way, though. They both know how to market themselves. Yes. Right? With Minshew in the jorts or Fitzmagic in Deshaun Jackson's jumpsuit. They know what they're <laughs> doing to get the media going. So I'm here for it. 
They get the people going. Uh, moving on here, we have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by nine and a half here. Um, I, despite getting burnt by it last week, I am not taking the New England Patriots. I'm not. Mac Jones looked okay yep. against the Bills. Uh, he was moving the ball down all up and down the field um, pretty much at will. But all that being said, the New England Patriots offense is, un, is an unserious unit. They were playing Jalen Rager. Um, I don't want to see Jalen Rager on any football field. Never. Um, I, but I'll let you talk about this one. But I'm, yeah, I'm getting out ahead of it. I'm taking the Dolphins minus nine and a half. I understand, and I'm so scared of my pick because I'm going to go the other way, just really because of the points and because um, you, at least you were able to see the the Patriots just rein in a game plan that allowed the offense to flourish by anchoring on the defense and then opening up the offense instead of being super limited, right? If they gave Mac a, a little bit of pass protection and down in the red zone leaned on their two 230-pound running backs, right? It just showed some cohesion. And then, hey, you saw Mac Jones throw his first game-winning NFL touchdown pass, like fourth-quarter game-winning drive touchdown pass against what we consider to be a pretty good Buffalo defense despite the injuries. And I know it was at home and it's an important game, but – that's almost why I'm actually going to take New England's points here because I think Bill knows that being able to stack these games, especially on the road against division opponents, are things that throughout his career he's game planned for super well. Now, if there's one spot that he has not been able to do it, it's been when he's standing on that opposite sideline in Miami getting baked by the Miami Sun. And even with Brady, I mean, that was like the only place that the Patriots didn't look like the Patriots over the years was in Miami. So I'm a little nervous about the pick, but nine and a half just feels like too much, especially with the way that we saw Miami kind of come out a little flat against the Eagles. And I know the Eagles are a tough team. They tend to control the pace, but I expect Bill to just probably mimic the game plan and show some sort of offensive efficiency against what is not necessarily a well-pressure tested Miami defense. They have not shown up against good teams and not to say that, the Miami Dolphins are, I mean, or excuse me, the New England Patriots are a particularly good team, but we know they're a well-coached defense, right? We know that they're going to at least be cohesive, and much of Miami's wins have really not been against cohesive defenses to this point. So I just think that in a division game, a game that New England's coming into with momentum and Miami really is not after last week's Sunday night loss, I'm just going to say that the game stays close, so nine and a half just feels like too much. Uh, one other thing about this game um, we talked about um, Mac Jones getting a bit of time. He had some time in the pocket last week. I don't think he's going to get that same time. Um, I'm expecting Dolphins defensive units just get it, try and get after him. Also, not dealing with nearly as many injuries. I'm pretty sure the front defensive line is completely healthy now for the Dolphins. I'm expecting them to get after Mac early and often. And as long as Tyree Kill plays, I know he missed practice today. I'm never worried about a Wednesday practice missed. Uh, now, if he misses practice Thursday, Friday, I could be a little scared. But then that just opens up my Braxton Berrios game. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Braxton Berrios revenge game is going to happen at some point. He's going to tear – actually, I think it happened on the Jets when he – Jets, yeah. happened on the Jets when he threw a touchdown, scored a return touchdown, I think also caught a touchdown. But <laughs> – um, I'm just, I'm expecting just that it's an, it's the same thing that I talked about last week. Maybe it's the kiss of death with the, um, talking about the 49ers last week, kind of running into a, or 
the uh, Vikings run into a hornet's nest full of beehives, I think they're going to get the same thing here. Okay. I think the Miami Dolphins offense is a hornet's nest full of beehives, and it is going to just rain down its te- just – speed it's gonna just they're just gonna speed all over the New England Patriots <laughs> I'm I I am very wary of it I feel like it could happen but let's remember to now each of the last few games right remember the slow start that Miami had against mm-hmm. Carolina I feel like despite you you could probably have more associate New England with Carolina than New England with Philly by yes by right <laughs> yes but, but if we look at the fact that Miami for whatever reason has not been able to get out ahead and yeah, they have the engine that can just rev you up to zero to sixty super quickly and get you going. Like you said, assuming Tyreek is playing, that 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 will be crucial. But I, I just think that with Bill still there and with New England showing some competency last week, if they do start slow, I don't expect them to to eclipse ten. But like you know, we're, we're anchoring on a lot of narratives here, so we'll see how it ultimately plays out. It should hopefully be an exciting game. But uh, yeah, definitely wary of the explosiveness of Miami. Moving on, just you looking at this game. It's the new uh, the New York Jets minus three at the New York Giants. I'm excited for this. I, I'm I'm a New Yorker, so I'm excited. Yeah, for that this. makes sense. That that tracks. Um, I will not be watching this game if it comes on in red zone. I will. I will. I don't know what else I'll do. I'll probably have to watch it, but I won't be happy about it. How do you feel about it though? I just got to paint you a picture. That entire morning, it's gonna be. The, the the parking lots of MetLife Stadium with just some green grills and trucks and some blue grills and trucks. And they're all going to be eating the same foods and saying the same things to each other. Some of them will be blended. They'll be blended families. There'll be, there'll be secret hatred that pretends to be love for, for about five hours. And the beer will be flowing. And one set of teams one one team's fans is going to think that they've got the, the defense that can take care of this but is praying that their quarterback doesn't embarrass them and the other set of team is trying to go in with no expectations but is also looking at this game saying we might be looking at a quarterback change right tell me tell me that's not an exciting narrative i mean we're talking about families here like it, that these people's brains are going to be overwhelmed for six hours and it's going to be a fun time and I know the Giants are technically the home team here. That really doesn't mean anything. Um, and I believe that the line here is Jets minus three. I'm going to take Gang Green. I think that they get it done. I just think they're the better team. I think Tyrod Taylor probably actually has a, a decent game. But if if the Jets defense was able to confuse Jalen Hurts a couple weeks ago, I think they'll probably have some similar nuances planned for how to attack Tyrod Taylor. Not a ton of tape on him, obviously. But I don't expect Tyrod Taylor to – look as clean and as good as he did last week against Washington. Um, However, it'll be interesting to see how the Jets game plan for Saquon Barkley. I expect them to neutralize the run. We'll just see whether or not those linebackers can get sideline to sideline and really take away what Saquon can do, especially like what we saw in the touchdown that he scored. But I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think you'll see some movement uh, on the Giants offense that we like finally got to see a glimpse of last week. But I also think that Zach Wilson's got opportunity to to do some good things against this Giants defense, which really did show out last week. But we know that uh, this Washington offense is is nothing really to to rely upon. So um, I, I am going to take the Jets in the points. But I'm telling you, tune in for when this game comes on. Even if the first quarter looks terrible and we have awful quarterback stats, I'm telling you, this is going to be exciting. There could be some crazy stuff in the stands. You might see hot dogs on the field. I don't know. But it's gonna be fun. I, I expect everybody in this crowd to to really be the probably the storyline in this game, to be honest. Uh, but 
Jets minus three. You can sell me on going to this game. You could definitely sell me on going to this game, going to a tailgate. And you did your you did your darndest to sell me on watching this game. I don't want to watch this game. I'm telling I'm you. taking the Jets minus three here. And the one thing, the one thing I it might be a hot take. It, well, actually, it is a hot take. I like Zach Wilson. I don't know I if I like him as a quarterback, but I like him. I, I just like Zach Wilson. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Um he he just – and also, I think anyone put up against the Giants because I just associate – I like Tyron Taylor, but I associate the Giants with Daniel Jones, and I have a never-ending hatred <laughs> for Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Jets here. I'm, I'm hoping Zach Wilson balls out. I'm waiting for it. I think it's just because everyone else, especially at the start of his career, hated him so much. It seems like even his team was turning against him. And and he's he seems to just be improving. Just every game, he seems to be getting just a minute, a fraction better, and I think they're starting to open the playbook a little bit, uh, a little bit more for him. They're looking to trade Dalvin Cook, which I'm very happy for because I have Brees Hall in fantasy. I think you should give Brees Hall the ball. He's very good at football. We've seen it. Um, and then the Jets defense. That's really what I'm betting on. I'm, I'm, I, I can talk about the Jets offense, but I'm, I'm taking the Jets defense here to keep the uh, New York Giants. And Tyrod Taylor just in check here. I am a little bit worried about Saquon Barkley, as everyone should be. Saquon Barkley, also very good at football. I know I'm spitting out a lot of hot takes here. But um, I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. I think it's easy money. I think that the Jets defense is going to just control this game. And I'm I'm, I'm hoping maybe a little Zach Wilson, little Zach Wilson turn up for the people. Yeah. And, and listen, a couple storylines there, too. Let's not pretend that Brees Hall is not an X factor in this game, right? Yeah. Like, showing that he's going to – to really be the bell cow and, and, and make things work against what should be a vulnerable Giants defense. But let me just make a public service announcement with this platform you so graciously provided. Jerry Jones. I believe the trade deadline is later this week. I want to say Friday night. Please. You didn't do it in the offseason. I get it. You didn't want to spend any money that didn't need spending. Go get Dalvin Cook. You already pit played the Jets. You blew them to bits. And they're out of conference. It's nothing to do with anything. It's a pure rental. You don't even have to say hello to him. Let him just go help you win a championship and talk to him then, okay? you got six months. I don't know what it is you might have had against him or if, if there was anything. If it was just financial, let your son worry about it. Go get Dalvin Cook for literally four months. It'll do so much good. You have no idea. Please, if you're hearing this, go get Dalvin Cook. That's all. Thank you. You're not a Rico Dowdle fan? Not I love Rico Dowdle. But Rico Dowdle can be part of the 2024 and beyond championship endeavors. Let's go get Dalvin Cook for like Enterprise Renacon. Dalvin Cook, come on, please. He he needs he wants touches. He can do it. We know how good he can be. He has six straight a thousand yard seasons, and the Jets are not using him because they can't. We can go get him, please. <laughs> <laughs> Move on here. That's all. <laughs> we got the Jacksonville Jaguars minus two and a half at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, how are you feeling about this one? Because I'm, I like the Steelers here. Really? So, okay, yeah, I, I was a little swayed by how well the Steelers played, and they're such a surprising four-win team right now. But – I, I just I feel like Jacksonville's trending up right now. I feel like they're well on their way 
to a, a division victory. I think that they're sort of peaking at the right time. The the London Jaguars went two and zero, showed no signs of jet lag, playing on a Thursday night game shortly after that. It just seems like for whatever the circumstance that this league decides to throw them in for a marketing ploy, they've got they've got football players, they've got dudes. Travis Etienne is showing that he might be, if not a top three, he he might be the best pure like flex running back in this league, right? Maybe not heads down up the middle like Nick Chubb is, right? But him and Christian McCaffrey are showing that they are versatile in a way that not a lot of guys are. And if ATN can stay healthy and keep stacking weeks like this, we might be talking about him in that same category. Um, and I know this Pittsburgh defense is vaunted. I know this game is in Pittsburgh. But until Kenny Pickett strings together two games of where he looks like a competent quarterback, and I, I'm rooting for Kenny. I really am. And I think this game could be interesting and close. But I, I just think Trevor Lawrence uh, is really impressing right now, and I, I expect him to continue to do that. Because let's not forget, despite the offensive struggles in New Orleans, that that defense is something to 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 marvel at. Like the New Orleans Saints defense is no joke. Statistically, they don't always show it because they play a lot, and the offense really doesn't give them time to rest and stay off the field. But they are a very good defense, and and Jacksonville did what they needed to do against them fairly handedly. So I'm going to take Jacksonville. I think this this could be an exciting game too, though. This just feels like a, a game that the Steelers win. I really don't. The Jags, despite winning games, I, I'm just like they've kind of just looked shaky. They gave the the Saints a chance to win. I know that they're coming off of yeah. two straight games in London. Then on a Thursday night, that's a short comeback. But this just feels like a game that the Steelers win. Also, this might be the X factor. I didn't start Najee Harris in fantasy last week in any – actually, any of my leagues because I have him in all of my leagues. And he had a good game. He scored a touchdown. I'm not doing that again. So he might score two touchdowns this game. <laughs> I don't know. But he's staying on my bench. And because of that, he's going to have a good game. Um, also, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, they're just getting the ball. They are. Um, they're just getting the ball. I think Kenny Pickett at the start of the year was just – kind of trying to like spread the wealth too much. Um, he Now he's just throwing to his good players, which I, that's a good strategy. I like that strategy. And then also just the defense. Um, now, one thing, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they just took Aiden Hutchinson might've might win this might've just won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Cause you put Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson next to each other on a line. That's terrifying. That is just a terrifying thing. But they didn't do that, so they have what is it? Not not Tyree Wilson. That's the Raiders guy. Um, oh, I cannot remember his name. I was just talking uh, talking about him with our mutual friend Mike. Um, but running back? No, 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 no. The, the no, no, no. Tyree Wilson, the the yeah. who's the edge edge rusher that the uh, Jags yeah. took last year? Oh, uh, Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. They yeah, just you. I'm not even going to finish my thought there. I'm taking the Steelers here. Um, the Jags, I think, will win that division um, unless Big Shoe decides to ball out for the rest of the year, which I'm hoping for. Um, but uh, I'm taking the Steelers here. It just feels like one of those Mike Tomlin games that they just win. Like, I feel like people don't think the Steelers are going to win this game. Vegas doesn't think they're going to win this game. Um, it's a, I like the Steelers as home dogs just in general. Um, it just feels different when they're at home. They they play much better, and I feel like they're just going to kind of rough up this Jags team. They the Jags feel like a team with just a lot of like, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I know we were talking about uh, how 
versatile ETN is, but they feel like speed guys. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are just going to kind of like punch them in the mouth. And I don't know if the Jags will be able to respond getting punched in the mouth this week. I I like the Jags long term, but I'm just feeling I'm feeling some steel. I'm fe- riding with Steeler Nation this week. Right. Moving on, we have another uh, – well, no, this one's just an, N- or an NFC East matchup here. We have the Eagles minus six and a half at the Commanders. Um, is it time Is it time that we stop picking the Commanders? So I think it might be time for us to stop picking the Commanders as a show. No, because of two reasons. The first being we saw them play Philadelphia a few weeks ago on the road, and they played them tight, and they played Philadelphia tight every year. This is that division matchup that stays tight. And the second reason is you saw Jonathan Allen's post-game press conference. That's yeah. gonna that's that's gonna mean something. I don't know what it's gonna mean. I don't think it necessarily means they win this game, but he's got a point, right? I think he's got a point. Like he's he's the veteran on that team. He's probably gonna hold himself accountable as opposed to just like speaking to the disarray of the whole situation where they're losing games they should win, or at least be well, like very much more competitive in. I think they will be competitive in this game. I don't know what it is about the Washington defense that gives Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts fits, but it does. And I expect Jonathan Allen and Chase Young to at least try to make something out of this game to keep it close at home. Washington, you know, having watched uh, the Cowboys play Washington in the NFC East and as well as the Eagles and Giants just over the years, whenever they play at home, I mean, Washington is especially tough. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna see what should be an interesting game. Let's also not forget, I know Philadelphia is 6-1. and one. I know they had a nice, seemed like a smooth win against Miami. A.J. Brown is a freak of nature. He's breaking records uh, as far as 125-yard and beyond games in a row is, is concerned, and he probably does it again. Uh, but I, I just think if Sam Howell is able to get the balls in the hands of his playmakers and this Washington defense is able to play similarly to the way that they've played against this, this Jalen Hurts team, uh, in the last year and change, especially a couple weeks ago, then I'm I'm going to anchor on Washington at home just to be able to keep this within a touchdown. That's my thought process. But I, I I get I think honestly if we if we see Washington sort of fall apart, especially offensively, then it might be time to for me at least to pull the trigger on on putting them on the blacklist. I, I totally understand if you're if you're already pulling the lever there though. Um, I haven't pulled the lever fully. I haven't pulled the lever fully this week. But I'm picking the Eagles in this game. Not even it's not football related at all. It's actually baseball related. I think there's just an anger and a just cloud, dark cloud of just anger and hatred, just in that sports complex, that beautiful sports complex in Philly. Um, with the Phillies loss, oh yeah, I think the Eagles come out here. Um, I, they're angry. They're on the road, so I know they're not happy. To be, they're not happy. They're on the road. They're playing the Commanders, who played them close last week. I just don't see two close ones. I don't trust the Commanders enough on either side of the ball to play the Eagles close two weeks in a row. Um, And I'm going to take them here. Despite them being on the road, I think that just the anger that is looming over Philadelphia will bleed into the Eagles, putting an absolute beat down on the Washington Commanders. Kind of just taking all that frustration out. It was painful for Phillies fans to have like such the highs with the with the the Kelly Greens right coming out mm-hmm. from the Eagles and and how they felt coming back to Philly for two games after Game Five win for the Phillies and just 
I mean, just flat out melting. I mean, I, I was, I was fairly happy to see it, but that's, you know, all kidding aside. <laughs> I'm, I'm you happy to see it. I don't, I, I am not for the, the Philadelphia sports. I, I, I don't, I don't think that that I get the culture. It's probably fun. It's raunchy, but let's keep in mind, I'm a New York sports fan outside of the Cowboys. And then with the Cowboys, I'm pretty much not welcome in that city. So as far as I'm concerned, that even I'm not even a Mets fan in baseball, and my Mets fans know that they can rely on me to have no allegiance to anybody who supports the Philadelphia Phillies, let alone the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, it, it was, it must have been tough for that fan base. I sort of feel sorry for you, uh, but the Eagles. I mean, it's it's a good theory to think that the Eagles sort of represent town and 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 try to bounce back. I just feel bad for Bryce Harper. I just feel bad for Bryce Harper, man. I like Bryce Harper. I, yeah. I, I, I don't like, like everyone Harper. likes Bryce Harper. He's awesome. Um, I know. But this is a football show. We're going to get back to football here. Uh, and we have a team that I'm actually really excited to watch. I'm not, I really don't want to watch the other team on the side. But it's the Houston Texans, favored by three, on the road at the Carolina Panthers, coming off of a bye week. I believe Tank Dell is back. So they're going to have a fully or a full-strength receiving core, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how are we feeling about this? I think it's a bit of a little disrespect that this spread is only three points. People need to start taking CJ Stroud very seriously, especially getting a weapon back. Like you mentioned in tank Dell, who people should also be taking seriously. And let's just, let's just call it what it is too. I mean, early coach of the year candidate, D'Amico Ryan's right. Like I think we anticipated that he was going to be a guy that could, could really have some impact, but this soon. Yeah. quarterback and Ohio State quarterback albeit right like I mean they're not to say that they've had quote-unquote success but I mean this is successful right now what we're seeing mm-hmm. in Houston and Carolina is just showing that they're probably going to be the team that really really struggles to to put some wins together um, and I don't think that Houston's a team that um, has any signs of slowing down they're not this isn't like a trap game situation right where you have a team that's that's coming in that they expected to be good right they're playing with a chip on their shoulder and I know this game's in Carolina. I don't really think it matters. It could be close in the sense of you have some opportunistic plays here and there, both with young, vulnerable defenses. But um, I just think that Houston will take care of business the same way that they've taken care of business against some some other teams that are significantly better than the Carolina Panthers. It's it's weird to talk about two young teams that it just feels like their outlook is so much different now. Like coming into the season, we kind of felt like they were both in the same spot. But the Texans, just the way that they're playing, um, they have all of their draft picks and more because of the Deshaun Watson trade. They're playing. They got a phenomenal coach. And C.J. Stroud has, is having one of the best rookie quarterback seasons I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah. The kid is playing unbelievable. And then on the other side of that, you have the uh, Carolina Panthers, who Bryce Young's not playing well. That's This is not an indictment on the rest of his career. I hope he has a good career. But I know for a fact the front office is kicking themselves about that trade because they're going to be the worst team in the league and they're not going to have the first overall draft pick. Now, I don't know if that's going to really matter all that much this year, but I feel like you could have gotten a whole lot more if you were the worst team and you wanted to say trade back. Yep. Um, and give another team a shot at, well, I don't even know if it's going to be Caleb Williams anymore. I'd still take Caleb Williams, but that's besides the point. Just the outlook, they they didn't seem like a team that was a quarterback away, and it doesn't look, at least so far in this career, so far, they, didn't, they did not get the best quarterback in the draft class. 
So we'll see. All that being said, I'm taking the Texans minus three. I, they're just the better football team yep. from top to bottom. Um, moving on here, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Deshaun Watson is, I believe, in concussion protocol due to last week's hit. He physically looks cooked. I think, um, he, I think, he, I think he's been ruled out. He has been ruled out officially. So it will be P.J. Walker again. I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but I'm going to just ride here with Miles Garrett. I'm going to take Miles Garrett here. I don't know if I'm going to take the Browns, but I'm going to take Miles, Miles Garrett. Browns. Yes. Miles Garrett. I, 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 I'm trying to get it. I, I just – I don't know. It, it's tough. This game being in Seattle, I think that – I mean – like PJ Walker, like you said, it could really just be an upgrade at quarterback. And I think if they do win this game, we really should be starting to pay attention to the Browns as a team that is probably like a real quarterback away from being a top two, maybe three team in the AFC. Hell, they might already be there. But I'm I'm going to play safe and just go with the team that I know has a quarterback. Although as of two years ago, if you would have told me yeah. that I was watching Keno <laughs> Smith versus PJ Walker, I would have been like, "What are you talking about?" But I, I'm going to I'm going to say Seattle minus three and a half. I don't really want to overthink it. I do know that Miles Garrett is an absolute game breaker. I do think it'll be an exciting game to watch because he'll probably make some plays. And I'm a little nervous because if if they're able to defensively impose their will, similarly to how uh, Cincinnati was able to against Seattle a few weeks ago and really limit Geno Smith, then I think you're right. The Miles Garrett Browns do pull this game out. But I'm just going to anchor on hopefully receivers getting healthy for Geno Smith. I hope he's able to use Jackson Smith and Jigba a little bit more efficiently. Um, Kenneth Walker. And, and just hopefully be able to outlast what should be a, 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 a tough sledding offense. I know Kareem Hunt was a great pickup for them to have after the Nick Chubb entry, so they should still be competitive. But exciting game. I'm just going to err on the side of who has a QB1, and I'm going to go with Seattle on the points. The worst part is, like, I can't even fault the Browns for because they took a swing like they went out and they thought they were getting the quarterback that was going to bring them over the top because I feel like this is the conversation that we've had about the Browns the last couple of seasons that they have had this defense that they just continue to keep adding to and they go out they get Amari Cooper they strengthen that uh that receiving core after the departure of Odell um and they they go out and they get Deshaun Watson, who the last time we saw him on a football field was a top five quarterback. And now he looks cooked. He, took, he had that year off. Uh, he had that suspension. And he can't drive for the ball. He just like physically, I don't know what's going on with him because it can't just be mental anymore. He doesn't look like the same athlete that he was. And he doesn't have that same – like he never had the strongest arm in the world. But yeah. I know that, that – Playing in Cleveland's a tough place to play, uh, just to be like weather conditions wise. Seattle, um, Seattle's a not, is Seattle dome. Don't remember if Seattle's a dome no, or not. No, um, I mean not not great conditions in Seattle. Yeah, but, but it's it, it, they they took the chance that I, I think that they wanted to take, and the chance that they took it could potentially ruin the building that they've done the last like seven eight years. Because you have Deshaun Watson on the largest contract, guaranteed contract that has ever been given out in football. And I think his cap hit next year is $65 million. 
And he doesn't look good. He had an entire offseason to rehab to like he had he had it seems like he's had three off seasons in a row to yeah. get healthy. And and through well, actually, including last season, had an entire season to get healthy, and he he looks cooked. That being said, I'm taking the Browns just because of Miles Garrett. PJ Walker, I don't know if he's gonna do enough, but I think Miles Garrett's gonna do enough. And we saw the Seahawks kind of get abused by the Bengals defense, and I know for a fact this Cleveland Browns defense is much better than that Bengals defense. And that's not even a knock on the Bengals defense. This Cleveland no. Browns unit is phenomenal. And and one last thing on a Sean Watson point. Let's let's also remember really quickly though that yes, he has struggled, and you never want to take one game as a representative sample. I get it, but the game before he got hurt, I think we're talking week five or so now at this point. Right, it was right following yeah. the Nick Chubb injury. It was to your prediction mm -hmm. on the numbers that when they were forced to open up the pass game with guys like Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper, they he would flourish. He'd be able to just take some hits, bounce out, use the pocket to his his needs, and move. And it was the most pro-competent game we'd seen from him since his 2021 all-pro days, right? Like, I mean, I think yeah. I, I think we don't want to forget that the glimpse of that was there. Because if we just take it in summary, the last year and a half of football from Deshaun Watson, I agree with you. He, he doesn't look like the same guy. Yeah. But the fact that the injury came at a poor time, I think is what we should mm -hmm. keep in mind. Because if he is able to get healthy and they are able to string some wins together, and it looks like – I mean, I know the division is pretty stacked. It does look like they could be in position to at least much better of a playoff leveraging position than they were last year by the yeah. time I think he's healthy. I wouldn't hold out on whether or not this idea around Deshaun Watson is a total failure yet, but I, I do agree with you that it's probably mulling in the minds of Andrew Barry in the executive office. I just I want us to be wary of like, hey, listen, yeah. Deshaun could pull something out here. Right? Like they, that team, that team is a threat, especially because of the defense. But if he is able to get back to some competency, which we shouldn't be totally convinced that he isn't, this should be yeah. an run. We'll see. We'll see. The Browns are in just an extremely interesting team to yeah. just talk about, watch, talk about just because you have Miles Garrett on that side, then you really don't know what you're going to get out of. Because if everything's clicking, if if you get 2021 Deshaun Watson, that team walks to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a healthy Nick Chubb and 2021 Deshaun Watson, that team walks to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But – it, it's just – it seems – it's a rocky place to be right now if you are a Cleveland Browns fan. Moving on here, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They're favored by eight at the Denver Broncos who are riding high. They, they did it for us last week. We ended the last show with go Broncos, and I can yeah. tell you for certain I am not saying that because I picked the Chiefs minus eight. Well, I am saying it. Go Broncos. <laughs> Oh yeah, plus eight, and here's why. We saw them a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. Guess what they covered? Plus eight. It wasn't the line, but they did lose by eight on the nose. So here's here's my thought process. Okay, actually, I could be wrong. Did they tackle? No, they them? no, because the line was eleven and a half. No, <laughs> but it was sixteen eight, I believe, was the final. Let me. It, no, it, no, no, no. There was a there was a late touchdown because yeah, because and I'm looking at it right now. It was Broncos plus ten and a half. They lost by eleven, so they did not cover. Oh, so it was 19-8. What? Yeah. They tacked on a field goal that doesn't count. It only counts in chances. You know what I'm saying. Anyway. I do know what you're saying. I see what you're saying. This, this game in Denver, coming off a win, 
I don't think they win the game by any means, but I, I do think that, and again, I mean, like this, this totally could be swayed if by Friday night, Jerry Judy plays for a different football team. So that risk is at hand. I understand, but just based on the information we have now, I think that in a division game, the reason why this game is probably a tighter spread than the previous one is because there is a little bit more confidence in the Denver Broncos and their ability to play some confident, competent football, excuse me. And also I think that the, 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 the jury is still out on the Kansas city chiefs as far as what we know them to be right. I think that last week we saw them get a little bit of, of what we're familiar with, with just pumping Travis Kelsey and then allowing the, the offense to spread out. But like we said, one game is not a representative sample. I, I, I just think that the offense in general has not been super consistent. We haven't seen Patrick Mahomes string together a couple of his best games in a row quite yet. And I know they're six and one. Like we're talking about a team that I'm I'm making it sound like this team is struggling and they're six and one. And I do think they'll go to seven and one. But I expect that, honestly the way the Denver Broncos are playing, specifically the way Russell Wilson is playing, shouldn't be overlooked. I know that they're the weaker team on paper for sure. Uh, but I think in a division game at home, I think Denver uh, Denver has to rally something to show that they're not going to lose to this opponent for the 17th straight time. And I, although they might, I think that they'll at least cover the points. So I'm going to take Denver there. Yeah, I'm, I think we got our Broncos win. I'm, I'm not going to – I don't think that I will get two Broncos ATS victories this season. Um so I'm not going to try it. I'm taking the Chiefs here. The Chiefs are five and uh, or not five and two. Or yeah, I think they're five and two against the spread this year. I think they'll be six and two after this game. Um, eight. I know it is in Denver. I know the Broncos looked a bit more. They looked some somewhat competent last week, but it's the Chiefs, and I think I ju- I just can't. I just don't see a scenario where the Chiefs don't don't just kind of. I think the Broncos they had a good week. They're going to come back down to where we saw them before. Um, that being said, I'm moving on here. We got the Baltimore Ravens minus eight and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. This actually was my bit, my pick of the week because I took the, I took the Ravens last week and I said the lions were going to lions. Yes. The lions lying everywhere. Lamar Jackson put on a show and I expect him to do the same exact thing here against the Arizona Cardinals. Give me the Ravens minus eight and a half. Nick, how do you feel about it? And I'm not even – I'm not going to surprise you. I'm not going to go any further. I think you just hit the nail on the head. The Ravens are doing what they should be doing, and I think that will continue against what is a bottom feeder Arizona Cardinals team. Ravens minus eight and a half. Sweep it. Let's go. Yeah. You don't have to talk much about that. As much as I would love to talk and wax poetic about Omar Jackson. Um, hey, hey, both, I believe he was both of our MVP picks, correct? Um, let me look. I yeah, he was definitely my MVP pick. Well, I also had the fine, so <laughs> yeah. so yes, we we're big on the Lamar Jackson train here. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have their AFC North rival again, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco or yeah, AFC North uh, rival Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners are favored by five and a half. Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol, so we might be seeing the Sam Darnold show because of that, my pick may surprise you. How do you feel about this game? My pick is Cincinnati plus five and a half. Uh, And the thing is, I was was thinking about this earlier. I have no doubt that the way Kyle Shanahan works, if, if Sam Darnold plays in this game, we're about to see Sam Darnold's best game of his career. Yeah. 
for sure. Like I think I think they're going to play well. They're going to figure things out. But this Cincinnati team is also starting to figure things out, and their quarterback is someone I trust more than certainly than Sam Darnold. And regardless, I would trust him more than Brock Purdy, uh, especially the way Brock Purdy's played in the last few weeks. So I'm going to take Cincy plus five and a half. I know San Francisco is a very difficult place to play, but five and a half points I think is is the the widest or, or about the widest this will go because of the quarterback uncertainty in San Fran, as well as the downward trend. It wouldn't shock me if San Fran does win this game and comes up with a good game plan. But Cincinnati coming off a bye, Joe Burrow probably getting healthier, feeling a little bit better, um, moving this offense with a rhythm. And as the last time we saw uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they put out what was a pretty surprisingly – a pleasant surprise on the defensive side of the ball against what we consider to be a, a pretty good Seattle Seahawks offense. So uh, I'm just going to say that Cincinnati covers five and a half. I've been really bold with picking spreads against the Niners this year, and I don't know if that's personally motivated, and I try to stay unbiased in that, but it did work for me last week, so I'm going to do it again with what, what I think is a better team, a better weapon in my holster in the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals as well. Um, it's strictly because of Sam Darnold. I, unlike you, keep bias and use it as my uh, use it as a tool pick games. I hate Sam Darnold. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, just don't like him. Just flat out don't like him. What is that? Um, a USC thing? Like where does no, that? Come from? I don't. Uh, you know what it is? One of my buddies said that Sam Darnold was going to be a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield coming out in draft. And neither of them have been particularly good. And I know for a fact that Baker Mayfield has been better than Sam Darnold. And to this day, I, I hold that, that I hold his pick and his opinion of Sam Darnold against Sam Darnold. And, but that's besides the point. I think that we're starting to see late season bangles. The bangles have, they just don't really care about the first half of the season. It seems they don't play well in the first half of the season, but we're getting to that point where we're at week eight where we're going to just start to see the Bengals play more like the Bengals. Um, Jamar Chase, I think, is going to have himself a, a really big game. I'm hoping if T. Higgins remains on this team, um, I know that there's some buzz around him. He maybe has himself a day. Joe Mixon might get going. But at the end of the day, I know Debo is not playing. I think the Niners are just going to try and tread water until they get to their bye week. Um, and just get fully healthy. I don't really think it matters if Brock Purdy plays. That just kind of seems to be the yep. how the Niners work. Um, doesn't really matter who's under center. Yep. It could be Jimmy G. It could be. It could actually, if it's Jimmy G, they're going to win. But um, it could be Brock Purdy. It could be Sam Darnold. It could be realistically anyone. And they're going to do what the Niners do. But I just don't think that's going to be enough here. Um, it's I think the Bengals are going to take this one it, or not take this one outright, but they're going to cover five and a half. All right. Moving on here. We have the Chicago Bears. They are at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are favored by eight and a half. How do you feel about this one? Well, uh and we're going to get to both games with the of the, the stakeholders of that Raiders Bears game last week, and the the, the Bears showed some heart um, with 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 Bajan in there. I don't know if they can beat a team of the caliber of the Los Angeles Chargers, who are really desperate for a win at this point. But I don't think that the Chargers have earned the credibility to be favored by anybody or over anybody by nine points. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bears strictly on that. I don't see the offensive momentum necessarily continuing from from 
the, the Bears in the way that it did last week, and it sort of piled on just because the Raiders really couldn't move the ball. Uh, but I do expect them to involve Cole Komet a little bit more than they did last week. I don't even think he didn't get he didn't get a reception. He didn't get a target. Did um, not get a target. Did not get a reception. And the, the Chargers defense is consistently bottom of the barrel against most passing categories. So uh, I just think that it will be open enough to keep this game within nine points, and it's really nothing beyond that. Yeah, I'm eating the slop here. I like badging, bag, bagnet. I, they're calling them. They're calling them. Uh, they're calling them D bag in Chicago, okay. um, which is objectively very funny. Um, <laughs> so I'm riding with him. I don't think the Bears win this game outright, and I know that Khalil Mack does terrifying things to teams that have had him and no longer have him. As a Raiders fan, I've seen that happen. Um, but the Chicago Bears. I think the Chicago Bears are, are going to get hurt by Khalil Mack here. I think he's going to have himself a big day, but eight and a half is just way too much for this team. Yep. It's just way too much to put in, into this team. I hope for my fantasy sake that Austin Eckler starts to get going because coming back from injury, actually this entire season, he hasn't looked good. He missed a bunch of games and he has come back and he's not getting the ball like he did last year. Um, he's not getting the ball in the passing game, which I, I hope that they start to do, but all that being said, I'm taking the Bears eight and a half. It's just way too many points for this Chargers team. Yep. And now we have Monday night. We get to Monday night. Jimmy Garoppolo is back. He's back. He's back. The Lions are coming off of a blowout loss, an embarrassing loss to the Ravens. Um, and they are facing, some would say, an even more dynamic task in Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't say that with a straight face. No, but you would say that. <laughs> um, the fun fact here: the Raiders are five and zero against the spread with extra rest under Josh McDaniels. So take that as you will. Wow, take that as you will. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to let you say what you're going to say here first because I think everyone in their right mind would have listened to your opinion on this game over mine. Well, here's here's the thing. Last week I tried to be the bearer of good news and favor to the Raiders for you against what should have been a weak matchup in the Chicago bears. I picked and against the Raiders last week. You picked against them. I remember it. And <laughs> yeah. you were, you were, for the sake of this podcast, you were pleasantly <laughs> pleased as we could say. Uh, but uh, for me, it was more heart wrenching than it might've even been for you because it meant that I just, put my faith in a horrible place. And I don't, I know that Jimmy G is back. I know that you probably expect Devonte Adams to play a much better game than he, than he's played lately. I don't think it matters. I think you had a great point around the Detroit lions kind of lionsing last week and laying an egg in Baltimore. I don't think it's characteristic of Dan Campbell and these guys to keep laying eggs. I think going back home on a little bit of extended rest is exactly what the doctor order for the Detroit Lions against what is a, a, obviously a Raiders team that is in need of a win and will be competitive, especially in prime time uh, with Jimmy coming back, but just hasn't strung anything together that gives you confidence. And it's, it's fool's goal for me to try to give you the faith two weeks in a row. Um, and if they do win, then maybe it's just the it's a law of nature that I got backwards on Raiders picks. But I'm going to go Lions in the points. Um, I know it's a, I, I'm not a huge fan of home favorites with large points. I really don't like it. Uh, but I'm going to stick with it here because I, just because of how emphatic 
that loss was for the Lions last week and how deflated the Raiders appeared. Um, I know getting Jimmy will be huge, but I just don't think uh, the Lions are going to – are gonna. I think the Lions will be relentless. The one thing that does scare me, because I am taking the Raiders here, um, definitely not a biased pick, definitely haven't picked every single Jimmy Garoppolo start for the Raiders to cover. Um, that's definitely not a stat that we need to look up. But the one thing that scares me here picking the Raiders is um, – also, this could go. This could be a harping back to your Dallas Cowboys and trying to get uh, um, Dalvin Cook. Could have had Dante Foreman because every season Dante Foreman is a free agent. Every season someone picks him up. Every season a running back gets hurt. Every season Dante Foreman comes in, runs the ball, and no one can tackle him. He ran through every single Raiders defender on the field, and some of them even on the sidelines. He was running through everyone out there, stop signs, red lights, every, you name it. He was running through it. Yep. Um, yep. And I could see yeah, the same thing. He might still be running. He might he still be running. Um, that could have been your Ezekiel Elliott replacement. And for, um, But besides that, that's the one thing that scares me because Dan Campbell likes to run the ball. Um, I don't know if Ty Montgomery's back, but I don't think that really matters. You saw Jameer Gibbs kind of get going. Yep. Um, and I, the Raiders don't really understand how to tackle. Um, and this has been an ongoing theme for them for as long as I seem to, as long as I have been a conscious person and Charles Woodson hasn't been back there. The, the loss of, um, the loss of, oh my God, I, can, I cannot believe I'm blanking on his name. Um, our middle linebacker last year, uh, Denzel Perryman, the uh, University of Miami guy. That's a double time. Um, the loss of him at middle linebacker has destroyed this run defense because the run defense last year was pretty darn good for the Raiders. Yep. Denzel Perryman was one of the, I believe, top five in tackles, just pure tackles last year. Um, he's no longer there. And shocker, having trouble stopping the run. Um, so I can see that same exact thing playing out here. But I just eight points just feels like too much. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo under the lights um, maybe distracts Stan Campbell a little with his beauty, and that is how we're going to get the Raiders to cover oh, plus eight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that's it. So that's week eight. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. I'm excited about this slate after talking through it. I am um, too. I am too. So I'm excited to have a bounce back week um, for both of us here. But I've been cold the last two weeks with sub 500. Um, appearances but but just closing off here um let's go ravens i want to just keep seeing lamar jackson play football well because that is fun for all of us yeah uh, anything out anything out of you nick well of course obviously i mean <laughs> let's let the dallas cowboys continue some some good things let's just uh, I, like pray for that like every day when you wake up right but but aside from that let's go denver broncos <laughs> come on string me another one russell wilson let him cook. Get him in the kitchen. Let's go. Let's beat those Chiefs. All right. Well, we, we will be back next Thursday morning with week nine, but let's go. <laughs> Have a great night, guys.